0: Hey guys, welcome to Latino Vegano, and this is episode number 40, and I'm your host, Roger. So we're almost at the end of the year, yeah, I was recently celebrating my birthday, so it's it's been great, so I'm so happy and grateful that I have this platform, so I can express myself and, and share amazing interviews and amazing conversations with a lot of my good friends in the vegan industry, and this week, man, I have an amazing interview for you guys, it's Vegan Danielle vegan. Wow, she have a wonderful story. Um, I highly suggest episode number 52 of her podcast. Well, yeah, she's a podcaster. Uh, She's been vegan since 2015. She's from San Diego, California. And her story, she's just amazing and marvelous and great. She's how she turned it around to become what she is right now. And she's doing great things for not only for the environment, for the community, but also for veganism and the animals and of course her health. She's recently in training for our competition, which is something that we were able to talk about as well. So I'm not going to prolong this intro. I really want you guys to listen to this interview or uh, this conversation I have with Big and Danielle. So let's go. Latino y Vegano.com Latino i just going to jump right into it. I know that... Um, I know you have told your story many times, so I'm not going to make you tell your story again, because you actually have a great episode, episode 52 of your podcast that you went over your entire story. That was amazing. I actually listened <laughs> to the entire thing from the beginning to the end.
1: Well, like, bravo. That was about <laughs> two hours.
0: <laughs> no, but it was it was great. I was like, mom, like your story is like, literally, you can literally make a movie out of your life. Uh. Have you ever thought about that?
1: I started writing a book. (laughs) I put it down um, a little bit ago because I got really busy with work. But it's something that I I was actually considering turning it into an audio book. So I'm going to continue writing that. And uh, man, a movie would be like something of my dreams just because I like not so much in an ego way, just that I know there are other people out there suffering. And I think it's powerful to say, hey, I've been there, too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, that's, that's that will be amazing. And let us know when the book or the audiobook is ready so we can plug it.
1: Yeah, thanks.
0: <laughs> so, um, if you could change one thing from your past, what would that be?
1: If I could change one thing, wow, ah, uh, I try to think like I, it's hard to pick between two because one is a right. financial thing. One is, mm. well, I wish I wouldn't have been so silly with my money and it saved <laughs> up some of it when I was making more. Um, but really I think it more importantly would be kind of a psychological thing, an emotional yeah. thing. And, and, um, I don't know if I'd say that I wish I went vegan earlier. Of course I do, but right. I don't think at that time in that moment I was ready and I don't think I would have stuck with it. So I, okay. I honestly, I think, just overall compassion is the one thing that I would change. I I was a very angry teenager, very angry 20 year old. And because of my anger and resentment, I think I might've missed out on better friendships or caused a lot of wreckage or, yeah. <laughs> you know, things that are harder to repair later.
0: Yeah, I can see that. So you turned vegan in 2015. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was uh, this month. Actually, it was right before Thanksgiving yeah. um, in 2015.
0: And how was that transition for you? It was a hard, it was a difficult transition.
1: No, it wasn't for me at all. Cause my (laughs) diet and lifestyle before I went vegan was not the standard American diet. It was in my early twenties, but I got more into fitness and yeah, that's probably the biggest thing, fitness and health. When I was like, I don't know, probably mid 20s is when it really stuck out to me. And so my diet then was brown rice, chicken, broccoli, you know, the kind of fitness bodybuilder <laughs> quote, quote, diet. Um, and so right. transitioning for me, I I got such a connection to the animals mm-hmm. that I was just like, no way. I don't care if it's the best food in the world, which it's not that it was, but I... It meant more to me mm-hmm. than the taste. And there was just this sort of switch in my mind that went from, oh my God, this tastes so good to like, oh my God, these are living, you know, creatures that have feelings and empathy and emotions, and we're torturing them for what? You know? So it wasn't hard for me at all. I know some mm-hmm. people have a lot of trouble going through a transition. For me, I wouldn't even really call it a transition. I I donated a lot of my food to my neighbor, which just kind of went vegan overnight. And um a few things that I had left in my pantry and fridge, like whey powder and and uh not meat, but I think there was some cheese in there. And I said, well, I'll just finish it because I have it, but I just won't buy right. it again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I always talk about that um in the sense that for me it was a very similar story when it comes to like I didn't even like call a transition. Like I literally went vegan called turkey, not on intended. Like I <laughs> I just I just got introduced to veganism from a health standpoint. That didn't resonate with me much because I was all my early 20s. Also, I was, I don't know, maybe 23 years old. So like I'm not thinking about hell. I'm I'm a basketball player, I'm an athlete, you know, I, I do all of these things. So what what is it about hell that I need vegan for? But um I was so curious about the whole the whole lifestyle that I started researching and uh, came across with with some of the Vita video. And when I saw the slaughterings and how they treat the cows and the the pigs and all that, I was like, is is, that's what I'm eating? I'm like, this is it, that's it. At that age, I mean, just kind of clicked. And I was like, okay, I'm going vegan. Uh, How? I had no idea. I'm just just (laughs) going to do it. (laughs) I'm just going to do it. So if that means that I have to eat rice all day with two tomatoes, (laughs) they'll be it. (laughs) So I got sick. And by getting sick, the first thing people say is, oh, you don't have meat in your diet. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I've heard that so many times, too. It's like, oh, well, yeah. you, you probably got a cold because you're vegan. I'm like, or because everyone's getting a cold and it's that <laughs> time of year. Like,
0: <laughs> I know, right? So it's, it's interesting how that happened. You had a some kind of inspiration, mentor during that time that kind of lead you the way or, or explain more about veganism?
1: Um, not necessarily. I I was very new to Instagram at the time. I probably Uh had like 200 followers and I I didn't really pay attention to it at all. And I, um, I remember reading Dr. Greger's book, how not to die. Mm. And I remember kind of diving into research and I I don't remember any particular doctors from way back then, from when I first started, (laughs) Um, but I remember, you know, it's actually funny. One of the first people I started following on YouTube was, uh, freely the banana girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I know. Was like, I, I'm glad I found her when I did, because when I found her, she was like super healthy raw, blah blah. blah. like she seemed a little crazy eating all bananas right. all day, but it was before she kind of went through her quote unquote, like crazy episode. And she had an issue with their relationship, whatever. I don't know the whole story, but I caught her at a good time and I just thought, well, This girl is literally surviving off of fruits and vegetables. Yeah, like literally (laughs) mostly bananas all day. And so I thought, well, you know, I I, I wouldn't I don't know if I'd call her an inspiration, I guess a little bit. But she was definitely something that that changed my mindset of like what survival meant. And I just thought, well, gosh, she's not only surviving, but she's thriving. And if I'm eating a whole bunch of different plants, I can surely do this.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Really the banana ground. <laughs> I don't remember her. She used to like 18 bananas in one day or something <laughs> like that.
1: <laughs> crazy, crazy. And she's always super thin too. And I'm like, how yeah. you know my my bodybuilder mentality was like, how are you eating so many carbs and being thin, you know?
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <exactly. laughs> oh. So um, if you can summarize your journey with one word, what what that will be?
1: One word. Oh boy, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, I, wait, are you just talking about the vegan journey or my whole life journey?
0: Both. Let's, let's do both. So give me two words now. One for your journey, the vegan journey and one for your life journey.
1: Yeah. For the, for the whole life journey, I'd say crazy. My life has been a roller coaster, um, good and bad. And I I'd say the vegan journey, one word, probably inspirational. Mm -hmm. I think, um, when I first, started opening my ears and my eyes and listening to people's stories and watching documentaries and um, just kind of allowing myself to be educated. I was just like blown away with the information that seemed to be hidden from me. And it was just, I don't know, it uh, it became, you know, of course, there were times of depression when I realized stuff that was happening, but then there would be times of like joy. And, you know, I guess it's a bit of a roller coaster too, but yeah. more so on the good side.
0: Okay, great, great, Danielle. Um, so a lot of people usually go vegan for the health benefit. So we call it plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, from your experience, from your perspective, what advice can we give those those folks that you know? kind of introduced to veganism or to a plant-based lifestyle, but they they haven't made the connection with the animal aspect or the Mm. earth aspect. So what kind of advice do we give those guys in that sense, since you already have the connection from the animal side and allows you to remain vegan and you probably remain vegan for the rest of your life, same way it happened with me. We tend to see sometimes when people try a plant-based lifestyle uh, and for specific reasons, maybe to reverse some kind of disease Mm. Or to uh, lose weight once they accomplish those goals, it's like okay, I'm back to my old ways.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I think you almost kind of answered that in the way that you asked the question because I (laughs) I, (laughs) when you (laughs) I'll go further. So when you when you think of plant based, or you think of a diet in Uh quotes, right? Um, people cheat on their diets people exactly. you know they'll do a diet for a month they'll do it for six months if they're lucky most people don't last that long um, but it, it's with a diet the motive is health right like mm-hmm. that's why you're doing it but vegan is about a lifestyle and right. so for me I feel that understanding what happens to our environment to our planet because of the animals that we're consuming, Um, understanding that face, you know, that goes to that bacon quote unquote, um, and understanding really what goes on. Like for me, if I have too many drinks and I decide to have a cheat night, my cheat night is a beyond burger, you know, like I'll still (laughs) indulge in that, but, but like for somebody that's just on a diet, they, they have this like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know, it's just one night. Well, well, sure, but a lot of times that one night turns into, well, I screwed up anyhow, so I might as well keep going, right? But if you understand the part of the animals, and even if you do make that mistake and you eat animal products while you're first starting to go vegan or or even further along your journey, it's easier to go back. It's Mm. easier to understand, this is my why, right? My why is the animals. It's not, I mean, health is a benefit, you know? Correct,
0: correct.
1: So, Yeah. I think, I think it's important for everybody that's starting out on a vegan journey, or or even if they're into it a little bit, um, if their motive is health or environment that they really need to just, you know, I know it's hard, but they need to watch one of those documentaries that really shows them what happens or go to one of those, you know, save movement is a great organization that allows people to bear witness to pigs or cows or chickens that are on their way to slaughter. And it's insane. Like I've, I've been to the pig ones quite a few times in LA Mm -hmm. and, I thought I prepared myself for everything I was going to witness and it's crazy. It's crazy. Like I remember Mm. leaving there, just, I I didn't even have words in my head. I'm I'm driving back from LA to San Diego and it was like, I was frozen. Like Mm. I didn't know how to have emotion because I was so angry And there were so many animals that were suffering. And I was only witnessing one night at one location. And it just blew up in my mind of how many animals are going through this every single second of our day. And something like that, I don't think you can forget. I don't think you could do that and then go eat bacon after that. Like, it's it's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's the the impact, the shock. It's, it's It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more of your activism. What are the type of activism that you've been part of? Uh, I think it would be a good segue now that you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thanks. So I I mean, because of COVID, there hasn't mm-hmm. been as many opportunities to do things lately. Um, but I would say going back to the the SAVE movement. So they're a nonprofit organization. Um, they have chapters all over. I think there's even one in Canada, but I know they're all over the United States. I think they mm-hmm. might even be in another co- a couple other countries. But um, they, what it, it's called is bear witness. So everything is legal. They don't cross any property grounds or anything, but okay. I'll just, uh, um, explain my personal experience. Cause I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not like an employee or a volunteer <laughs> for the actual movement. I've just done stuff with them. So, um, right. at the LA location, we go to farmer John slaughterhouse, which is, it's crazy. It's literally like a mile and a half away from the staple center. So people associate Staples no with way. The Lakers and right. yeah, like It's crazy. There's hotels and clubs and nightlife and stuff everywhere. And the Staples Center, one of the biggest, you know, monumental sports arenas in the United States. Yeah. And about a mile and a half north in a little, you know, area, industrial area called Vernon is Farmer John Slaughterhouse. And that location alone kills (laughs) 10,000 pigs a day every single day. And these pigs often travel from across, you know, a lot of them come from North Carolina, Smithfield farms, um, three days travel. Usually they're going through extreme heat in the summer, um, you know, going through Arizona at 120 degrees. And in the winter, they're going through the Rockies at 10 degrees, you know, sometimes below zero in a metal truck with holes in it. So they have no protection. Um, many of the times we would see them arriving on the truck, either dead or foaming at the mouth or with cuts and, you know, it's terrible. It's, it's It's like a horror movie. It seriously is. And the, the, I was so afraid to do that, like, because I was just so afraid of my own feelings and I thought I can't handle that. And then something had switched in me. One of the photographers for that specific, um, site, his name is Bobby. He was on my podcast last year actually two years ago now. And he said, well, why don't you just come up for one? I'll be there. And I was like, okay. So I started going and, um, it was something that like, that I felt, okay, well now I can use this opportunity to show others. So I Mm -hmm. would take some videos and some photos and whatever, and and put them on Instagram to show others. And it was quite incredible how many people reached out that weren't vegan that said, oh my God, like, I can't believe this is going on now. If they stopped eating animals after that, I don't know, but at least it was a little seed planted. And, um, we also we're allowed the we have an agreement with that police department where they allow us to give water to the pigs for about one minute for each truck. So not all of them get water because you can't you can't reach the ones on the upper deck, anyways. But right. on the lower one, we you know once they realize it's water, they'll go for it really quick. And they you know haven't had any water or food in three days, so it's it's crazy. Um, that is the most intense activism I've ever done. And Mm. that same, the save movement also does a cow save and a chicken save here. in like it's LA County, it's a little different area. Um, I have not attended those yet. I'd like to, just to really understand the full picture, but it's, it's crazy. And I guess the other side that I've done before COVID before, uh, LA animal save was, uh, anonymous for the voiceless. And for anybody that's not familiar with that, we, all kind of hold TVs of slaughterhouse footage and, uh, stand in a public area and we allow people to come by. We don't ever tell people come watch this, but if they come up to the video, we ask them, you know, what do you think you're witnessing here? What do you think's going on? And that was quite incredible to me too, because there were so many people and, you know, I live in San Diego where people are so aware and health conscious and all these, you know, words. Um, and I would show people and I'd say, do you understand what's going on here? And and a lot of the responses was, oh, this must be like something terrible from like Africa or something, you know, and you're like, no, No. this is LA or this is Mississippi or this, you know, somewhere in the United States. And they'd be like, oh, well, that's that's not everywhere. You must have picked the worst footage. It's like, no, this is 98% of all animals in America come from this exact Mm. condition. And it's I think people don't want to believe it. And it's easier to disassociate. But you get that one person that comes up and they say, you know, that maybe they start crying and they're like, what, like, what am I doing? And that to me, like, I get chills, like thinking about it, you know, because it's like that one person may change five people. They may change a thousand people, you know, maybe it's just themselves, but it's one more person that's not going to eat animals.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember I used to go to uh, California a lot. I live in Texas, but I used to go to California a lot. And I'll tell you that in a different story, but um, well, honestly like I, I was dating someone in, in in California and I used to travel a lot and I remember one time um me and her we were driving from LA to San Jose because she went to school in San Jose mm-hmm. and she was like oh she was pointing it out she knew I was vegan and that's the reason why we didn't last by the way <laughs> <Heard that story. laughs> and she could deal with my veganism whatever that means yeah. But she was pointing out all the slaughterhouses on the way to to San yeah. Jose. I was like, this is crazy. Like, why do you first? I don't even want to see that. You know, that's depressing. You know, it's like a sad story. But she was just saying like, yeah, that's a slaughterhouse right there. She just keep pointing it out. It was like, she's horrible. Like, what? you all know, have a beautiful scenery, but you have a, a, a the, the flip side is this. This is like the the bad, like the horrible part of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I've actually I lived in um, San Jose area when I was like 17. And so i had done that yeah. drive from L.A. before and I had no idea back then. And I right. remember, gosh, maybe last year, I think um, I had a friend that actually rescued a calf from one of those. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was a slaughterhouse or a cattle ranch or something, right. but it was a factory farm situation. And mm-hmm. um, they were just like this. Is the crazy part is like they if an animal gets injured, you know they they everybody's looking at these animals as something to make profit right they're they're Correct. items it's like a chair it's yeah. not the same as a cat or a dog and so if that item becomes damaged and no longer profitable right. they throw it in the trash I mean they don't even kill these animals they have things called kill piles where they literally just throw them all in like a ditch that they dig alive injured on top of each other and let them rot and starve to death you know it's it's Crazy to me. Mm -hmm. And when I started learning these kind of things, I'm like, I could not believe that humanity was capable of this. I'm like, this is like, you would go to prison if this were a dog or a cat. Right. But we do this to millions of animals and it's nothing. It's food, you know, whatever. And it's yeah, it's insane.
0: Yeah, I know it is. It is. It is, and that's the reason why um, people think that vegans are extreme. But we're just passionate about this. We just, we just don't like it. We, we can't tolerate this, this abuse, and we're trying to stop it, some way and somehow. Either we're our boys with our, our activism, it don't matter, but we just want to stop and, and automatically they categorize us being too extreme and too crazy or whatever they want to call us. But yeah, yeah. But we will yeah. we'll continue fighting this fight because uh, uh, there's a lot of work to do, but uh, I know small. we're making small little changes, small little steps. But we we would love it to be a lot quicker, a lot faster. So.
1: Oh, yes. I know. Unfortunately, we have giant industries and corporations that have bigger voices because they have more money (laughs) that are fighting against us. But I mean, we're we're a strong group, though. You know, that's the thing is we might be a small minority, but we're a strong group and we tend to stick together and we tend to, you know, all keep on pushing for stuff. So I think our voices are being heard. I just like you said, I wish it was a little faster.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, Neil, I mean, there's one thing I, I really like about you. You have this non-apologetic. You're such a, like a badass rock ah. star. You have just not seeing you. And honestly, I think that the the community needs more, not more you because you're unique, but you they need, they need people to be more open about themselves and... And, and to be real to some extent, not because I think the, the misconception that they have about vegans is like we all these hippie people, these all crazy people, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> but we can see ourselves average or normal people to who, who, whatever standards you want to call it. Where where did that come from? Like, where do you got that? I mean, do you ever have this personality? Do you ever be, uh, always been always being that way? Uh, do you have to deal with insecurities in the past? And then, then that turns you oh, around yeah. to, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, it's a really good question. I've always kind of been like a quote unquote rebel. Like I, I finished high school early. I moved out at 17. I didn't yeah. care what what problems I might have. I was just like, go, go, go. I'm gonna do whatever I want. Uh, I'm not saying that's right. good because it also caused some destructive <laughs> behavior, but um, I, overall though, I've kind of yeah. just been that person that's like, I'll listen to you, but like, I'm going to also do my own think thing. Yeah, like I'll I'll listen to what you have to say. I might agree, but like I'm I'm still gonna probably learn the hard way because <laughs> I don't like to follow direction very well right. sometimes. But um, yeah, I'd say I've always kind of been that extreme person. I competed in snowboarding when I was a teenager. I mm. rode motorcycles. I you know I, I worked in an industry that was very fast paced, and I've kind of just had that like adrenaline type personality. Um, but I can't say that like when you were saying, do I ever have insecurities? Yeah. Like it's funny because a lot of people, or I should say, I don't realize sometimes that a lot of people perceive me a different way than how I perceive myself. Right. Uh-huh. And so I get comments like that. Sometimes are like, Oh, you're so confident. Oh, you're so yeah. you know, <laughs> assertive or whatever. And it's so funny because on the inside, like I grew up this poor, like literally we were so poor and like, skinny and unattractive and not popular kid in school. And yeah, I was such a little nerd. I was like (laughs) anorexic skinny, like so tiny. And I got made fun of a lot because we were poor and I couldn't afford the good clothes. And like it's those kind of things stick with you, you know? And so a lot of times I'll catch myself now like still comparing myself to somebody else on their outside. Right. And not knowing what they're thinking on the inside, maybe they're feeling the same way, but like, I look at them and or a female say, and I'm like, God, I just, I wish I looked like her. I wish I had this. And I have to like back up because I'm like, okay, now you're just being selfish. Like, cause you're doing okay. You know? Right. Um, But I can say that sometimes being vegan, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily hurt my ego when people make fun of me. But what hurts is because I know animals are suffering as a result, you right. know, so it's like, okay, you can make your bacon jokes and blah, 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 and call me buff or whatever you want to use to like, try to make fun of me. Cool. But like, also let's get past all the insults because I'd like to talk to you about what you're contributing to, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, I didn't know that part about you, but I'll tell you <laughs> that Uh, in my, in my case, oh, I, um now people look at. The, the final product that people are looking at is this confident guy, whatever fitness and all that. It, it, it takes years to develop that because imagine like I started beginning. So what 20 years ago. So yeah. we're talking now, there was not even, there was no beyond me back then. It was just like, here's your tofu and then that's about it. <laughs> so yeah. it, it was a struggle. And then at top of that, I come from a culture that is like heavily, like, it's like I always tell people that uh, like in the Spanish community or in Spanish culture, they have three major things. They have like um, a typical or the national dance music. Mm-hmm. They have the national costumes and they have the national food. So when you, when you temper food and then now you said vegan food, they automatically like, do you, you, you literally ripping a piece of our heart or something. Cause they, mm-hmm. it's so it's so engraved in their culture. It's like so heavy that when you t- talk about like, you need to change the way you eat they automatically is like, no, you literally, that's an insult, bro. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I can totally understand where you're coming from because I have a lot of friends that are from either Central America or Mexico, South America, the Latin culture especially. Like, there's so much... Family that's associated, uh-huh. at, you know, at the dinner time, it's like mom and grandma are in the k- kitchen making tortillas and making sopas, they're making like, you know, this grand meal. And if you were to say, oh, no, no, like, sorry, I'm not eating that anymore, uh-huh. that's offensive.
0: And Correct.
1: that's one area that I can really. Empathize with because I my background is German and Spanish. I don't the Spanish is a couple of generations ago, so I don't yeah. I don't really know much about that side, but the German yeah. side is very heavy and oh, yeah. sausage and you know a bunch of meat as well. Um, but I I don't know. I think it's just a lot of it was because I didn't have a super strong home, you know. My my dad left when I was young, and then I yeah. left not too long after that, and so for me, there was no like, Oh, I'm going to offend someone or, Oh, my culture. Like I never really like felt like I fit that much in anyway. So it right. was kind of like, man, you know, I'm doing my own thing anyway. Right. And now it's like, yeah, my, my parents are not vegan. My mom, uh, they're mm-hmm. divorced, but my mom is, um, pretty healthy, like healthy for American standards. She eats a lot of plants. My dad is the complete opposite. He's right you know, a giant bag of M&Ms from Costco and and processed, you know, junk food from whatever takeout or drive through or mm-hmm. whatever. And And he's also suffering with diabetes and high cholesterol and he's got mm-hmm. hernias and he's got, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure I don't even know about some of his issues. And he will kind of try to be cute and make a joke about me now about being vegan. And I'm like, dad, like, I don't even say this to him cause I don't want it to be rude, but I'm like, look at your health. Like you're 150 pounds overweight and you're struggling right. and you're going to make fun of me for eating. Right. You know? Right. And it's, it's kind of now it's, it's less sensitive for me. Cause I'm like, whatever, dad, like it's, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I didn't have that super strong connection there. So I know for me, like, I know for a lot of people, it's really hard for them right. to turn to veganism because they don't want to upset their family. But for me, I was like,
0: whatever yeah. <laughs> you know it, it's like that meme but when you had the little kid eating the vegetable and the mom is like eat your in the body eat your vegetable eat your vegetable but then when you turn older and then you're eating vegetable now as an adult like oh what are you doing what's, what's your protein and so all, like, mm-hmm. all the other things happen it's like it's unbelievable how yeah. it goes yeah' <clears throat> it, it's the same way I, I mean I always felt like I was the rebel of my family right like I was going against the grain like I um um I, in my case, I left my I left my mom's house while well, at my parents house on my early 20s, kind of around the same time I trained vegan because I wanted to open a business somewhere else, like in a different city. And when I left, <clears throat> um, I was like living by myself, living my business and doing my own thing. And I I I grew dread loss. So my mom was like, "What's going on with you? Like you you what, what kind of cult are you in? You know now you now you don't eat meat. You got dread loss. It's like what's going on? Where's my son? Like the devil mm-hmm. took it. You know my parents got all freaked out. Yeah. And then at that point I was like, you know what? F this and I'm I'm going to state. So I was like, what? Like how's it gonna happen? So I moved. So you know I was being that person, right? But the thing is, like I realized now that I'm older that it was like, I never wanted to be put in a box. I always wanted to be able to be free and branch out. Do you ever yes. that way as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I mean, gosh, I, I don't want to turn this into a political podcast. Let's yet. do We're it. Actually, <laughs> With everything going on right now in 2020, no. it's like, God, I just want the freedom to right. be able to choose. Like, like, let's be responsible. Cool. But like, it's insane what's happening right now. Like, I don't know how it is where you're at, but here mm-hmm. it's like, we just got shut down again. Restaurants are shut down. We have a curfew, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. the craziest thing I've ever heard of. They have a curfew. Um, yeah. 10 <laughs> PM to 6 AM in California now. And there's people protesting it, but uh-huh. um, I'm sorry, 10, yeah. 10 PM to 6 AM. And it's, it's just, it's crazy. Cause I see these rights yeah. just being stripped away little by little. And, yeah. I know there's obviously many different beliefs on covid and right. how everything's going on and so we don't need to talk about that but it's just even if we just look at the big picture and say it's as dangerous as the media is telling us or as non-dangerous as these conspiracy theorists are telling us um regardless of where it's at i would still like my own freedom to make my own choices about my health and when right. We start having this intervention from government. It kind of, to me, feels like the parents at home, you know, no, you can't go out at night. You can't do this. And I'm like, okay. Wait a minute. All right. <laughs>
0: hey, Danielle, so what's your biggest fear?
1: Ooh, man, that's a good question. I don't think I've been asked that before. Um, I, I would say, honestly, failure. And I, that's a hard word to say because, like, I don't think – anybody's failed like as long as you're doing something you're you're still you know gaining something right Right. um but i'd say failure in a way of like i i would love to at some point be able to be doing more you know when veg fests are open up again and, and hopefully we could start speaking at events and Hopefully, you know, the podcast can get better so I can reach more people. And that's really my biggest goal is just trying to inform more people with what's going on. I I also this year I was planning on doing a uh, fitness competition, a stage competition. But then when COVID happened, I had to turn that down, too. So there was like a lot of these things that I've been wanting to accomplish. And I'd say like my biggest fear, if if I were to die like today, right. would just be like, man, I didn't get to finish all these things I wanted to do. Um, I. I think that, yeah, that would probably be it. I wish that we could spread veganism to more people.
0: Share Mm -hmm. share to us a little bit of your happiness. Where do your happiness come from?
1: Animals. (laughs) Now, I'd say one of my biggest joys is to be able to go to animal sanctuaries and uh, visit. uh, You know, there's a few here in San Diego that take in rescues or animals that were ditched from the fair or slaughter incidents or something like that, and it's so peaceful just being able to like sit with them and pet them. And, you know, I, I get a lot of joy. I feel like I have a pretty big connection with animals. And so it just like, I'd rather hang out with them than people sometimes. (laughs) Um, other than that, like the gym is definitely a big motivation. Uh, ours got shut down again with this current shutdown, but I, that's one of my biggest things is every morning, wake up at four 30 in the morning, go to the gym, you know, get out, get dressed, go to work and just start my day off. Right. And um, that that's like, I don't know, it's been kind of hard lately because I'm like, well, I could try to do some home workouts, but it's not quite the same as going in. So I'd say that's a pretty big one, too. Yeah.
0: yeah now that now you talk about the fitness part, let, let's let's talk about that a little bit uh, since we both into fitness. Tell me, um, how do how does the whole fitness um, passion came came about? Like, how how you got involved in the whole fitness thing?
1: Um, when I, I gosh, that started a long time ago. I yeah. I like I had mentioned before. I was um, I used to compete in snowboarding when I was uh, I think I I started at maybe thirteen or fourteen, and so and prior to that, I was in dance team. I was in cheerleading. I I mean, I had done um just like a lot of outdoor stuff as a kid, my grandma, you know, I had mentioned we grew up kind of poor, but my grandma uh, was awesome. And anytime a school event or something like that would like cheer team came up, my grandma would step in and pay for it. So that was, that was one area that I was really fortunate in Um, snowboarding. I, I mean, I was competing and um, that kept me really busy and active for a while. And then I'd say after that, uh, I think, when I was 18 was the first time I got a gym membership and I was mm-hmm. going to 24 hour fitness in LA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just really like obsessed with <laughs> like being fit and just whatever. You know, it's just it felt really good to get into the gym all the time. And uh, you know, I went through some issues in my twenties and that kind of fell off a little bit. But then I think now it's become such a, like I was saying earlier, such an important part of the starting my day. So The most common thing I do now is uh, just go to the gym in the morning. But before COVID, like I like doing those uh, obstacle course races and doing more hikes and Mm -hmm. just something, you know, mentally, it's so good for you, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so you were trying to do or you were thinking about doing a a, a bodybuilder competition?
1: yeah I want to I still want to keep it as a goal for next year i yeah. It's funny because I, I mean, like i said i'm I'm partially German. I think my genetics has something to do with the way I build muscle because I've never like been on steroids or growth hormone or anything. And, you know, no shame on that i I don't care if people do, but i right. I've been accused of it before, and I'm like, no, I just honestly I, I build muscle pretty easily. and because of that, I think it would be such a great platform. To be vegan, and you know, you have all these like, oh, well, you know, vegans have to take steroids or have to, eat. okay, whatever. Right. Um, and so I would love <laughs> to do like a natural bodybuilding competition just to be like, look, <laughs> I'm natural, I got tested, everything, whatever. Um, and just to show people that it's possible.
0: Right, you know that's one of the main reasons why I started competing. Yeah, because, yeah, because yeah, I was first of all I was tired of people saying, "Well, you cannot build muscle being a vegan. You cannot build muscle as a vegan." So, and, and the one thing about me is, you challenge me, and I, and it's, uh, I, I mean, I'll go for it. I, I just, yeah, I realized uh, early this year that one of my skill set or one of my talents. Is competition. <laughs> mm. You go figure, right? <laughs> so um competition. So if you challenge me, then I'll I'll take the challenge. So like, all right, well, you think it's not possible? Guess what? Watch me. So I yeah. started training, started training. <clears throat> and um, that's that's how I got into bodybuilding because I wanted to prove a point that um vegans are not scranny, vegans, you know, we can build muscle. And the my my biggest advocacy is that I build muscle while I'm vegan, not I didn't bring my muscle from a from a conventional diet and then turn vegan. You know i actually build it with plants yeah i built it with plants so it's like this is all i got so what i got is built with, with you know with tofu and and broccoli and <laughs> yeah <laughs> and satan and whatever the case is and it's not like i you know i a, a crossover so for me it was that was one of the main reasons why i decided it. especially also like you mentioned this is a good way to showcase that hey you don't need to eat a bunch of animal protein to 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 be on the highest levels of competition you you can you can still do it and, um, and and helps. It helps because I think it brings a lot of help, people bring a lot of awareness. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people now be like, oh, wait a minute, this guy did it. I mean, it might be possible. Now, let me listen to what he got to say. So I, I love that aspect of, of being a walking billboard for yeah. the movement. Uh, and then your my body literally speak speak the world uh and yeah. mostly so I'm talking about it, but I'm also action acting about it also so it's it's kind of like a cool thing that we can we can use that other the platform also to to promote the movement and to promote the vegan lifestyle.
1: Do you wear vegan yeah. shirts at the gym a lot?
0: I do i do yeah, I, me too. <laughs> I do all the time i got I got my um my face mask says hundred percent vegan. <laughs> <laughs> all and, uh, and <laughs> cool. my, my church says vegan all the time I sometimes wear vegan socks I mean this this you know I carry vegan all the way and it, it's funny because with something so simple people come and ask you questions like yeah I got guys approach me like hey, what do you get? Your, <laughs> you know that question. Well, you get no protein. Oh, I'm vegetarian. I've been drinking whey. I'm like, wait a minute. What? No way, Jose. Come on now. No get, in the game. <laughs> <laughs> get in the game, buddy. So I started talking to them and I used to be very militant. I was like, Dude, what are you talking about? It's to be like that. Nah. I used to always tell people like I used to be Doctor Sevi when Doctor Sevi was not even cool, and I was like just getting started. <laughs> I used yeah, to be very think, militant. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of us go through that phase, and I mean, I did. I did. I was like, after I saw what I saw, I'm like, I, I just want to tell everyone. And then it, right. you know, a little while later, I realized, well, this isn't what people want to listen to, so we got to change the approach a little, you know.
0: Right. Yeah, then you have to change your approach. So now, now I I'm still I'm still tough with it,
1: yeah. but I,
0: I I give it more facts and I think in a lot more detail. And now let people kind of approach me, so it's not like I reached out to them and say, "Hey, you need to stop eating that." So, yeah,
1: uh, and,
0: and I seen that a lot to have more effect. So, uh, and and it's, it's it's ironic because, or oh, it's interesting because a lot of now I see that every information that you put out there, you don't know who is listening. But then somebody will reach out to you and say, like, hey, you know, I listened to this episode. I watched this video. I saw this picture. And I want to know a little bit more about it. I'm like, yes, let's go. (laughs) I love
1: that. That's one of my biggest, like things because sometimes I mean you know yeah. how it is when you're on this end of a podcast and you're not you don't really know who your listeners are like you might know who some of them are but a lot of times like they're just numbers on your stats right you don't <laughs> necessarily know who they are and then sometimes look like, get this random person that you've never seen before on Instagram and they'll be like hey I heard this episode and I'm really trying to go vegan and you're just like yes, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome yeah exactly <sighs> So um from your personality trait, which one you're the most proud of?
1: I don't know if this is a personality trait. I guess uh-huh. so, empathy. Empathy? Um and it's kind of a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. you feel a lot, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like when you're empathetic, you you open yourself up to feeling more love, but also feeling more pain. And so it's that's something that I've kind of learned to manage that yeah you know, instead of getting angry and and aggressive towards people to just kind of learn understanding, Mm -hmm. but still be able to understand, like if somebody's telling their story, be able to try to understand where they're coming from and be like, okay, you know, I hear you. (laughs) Let's talk about this tomorrow, you know, Um, because that is one thing is because I've had such a crazy life that sometimes I'll have empathy, but then Mm. I, I often have, a, like a very small margin for sympathy. Right. I'm like, all right, your life sucks. Cool. Let's get it together. Like my life sucked. So like I figured it out and I went through some crazy crap and the stuff that you're saying to me is nothing, you know? <laughs> and that's one thing that I'd say that's probably my worst <laughs> character defect, but uh, yeah, I, that's kind of the double side though, is it's like, I, I have a lot of empathy. So I feel for animals. I feel for people. I I try right. to understand but then on the other side, there's a part of me that's a little bit militant and, like, not in the vegan way, but just in the, like, what is your excuse? Like, we have people that are vegan in small little towns in Mexico that are are doing it. And, yeah. and we're in America. So, like,
0: there's yeah. no excuse. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way, too. Like, oh, man, I, I, I don't know. We have a lot of things in common, in my opinion. Yeah. But, yeah. um. You know, I, I love I love snowboarding. I've never done snowboarding before, and that's on my bucket list, but I've been bunting jumping and I've been skydiving. See, and
1: those are on my bu- bucket list. I haven't done those yet. <laughs> and
0: yeah, I have a crazy story. Like, listen, okay, so this is, this is my story. When I went skydiving, so I was the last guy. The last guy that was going to jump was me. The guy told me, okay, so after you, nobody else is jumping. So I said, why? Said, because we're running out of fuel. <laughs> So that right there was a red flag, right? I was like, oh, okay, cool. No worries. <laughs> wow. That
1: would have gotten me the jump.
0: <laughs> so he said, okay. So he said, yeah, the only thing I need from you, well, of course, pay me. And then you need to sign this waiver. You know, you have to sign the waiver that says you died. You, there's no way you can sue me, right? All right, yeah. cool. So I signed. I right, no cool. So the guy was like, "I right, well, so I'm going to give you a little written down what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. So, um, so I said, yeah, yes, that's cool. So we got on the plane. We went up there. I don't remember how high we went, but we went up there. And then he said, listen, um, this plane is a lot smaller. You, you're pretty tall. I'm 6'2", so you're pretty tall. So this is what I need you to do. I need you to, I'm going to open the door. I want you to get on the wind, right? And then hold yourself up. Uh, I want you to duck, and then I want you to lean forward. And I'm going to come from the from behind, and I'm going to clip you. And then when I say one, two, three, on three, you you, you release yourself, and we jump. And I was like, okay, that's it? Yeah, yeah, that's what you need to do. All right, no problem. Let's do it. So he opened the door. I did exactly what he told me to do. He clicked me. He counted three. We jumped. we free falling. He released the parachute and then we started gliding in the air, right? So he said, remember when you land, yeah. you got to make sure that your landing is kind of smooth. So I was like, okay, no problem. So we landed uh, and everything was fine. So when we got off the plane, like how oh, you felt like we were just talking about it, adrenaline was pumping. So I was like, yeah, that was awesome. That was great. Great time. So then I got home and started thinking, wait a minute, what did I just do? I was like, wait a minute. So I've been telling all these people that oh yeah, I jumped out of a plane and this and out of am Like, dude, you're crazy. Like, you know that when you jump on a plane, you have to clip yourself inside the plane, not outside the plane. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, how do I know I've never done this before? <laughs>
1: That's so crazy. I'm, I'm afraid of heights. Like I would do skydiving <laughs> just to say I did it, but I am like, I feel like I'd pass out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. You're supposed you say you're supposed to clip yourself inside the plane and then jump. I'm like, I don't know any better. I just did. Imagine if I would just slip, like if I were to slip when I was just trying to get to the, uh, to the wind. I, I don't know, it would have been a movie. Like, he would have had to jump and then try to guess me and then click right. me and, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it was a James Bond movie type of deal. That was the crazy, that's the craziest thing. I, I was like, I was borderline gonna kill myself without even knowing. I already saw oh. the waves, so I don't get, nobody can sue this guy.
1: <laughs> oh, at least you wouldn't have known, I guess, besides yeah. you before you fell.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh boy so yeah that was that was my, that was one of my crazy story and when i went bungee jumping i did it here in dallas they have a, they have a place called the zero gravity park so you have like all these cool like bungee jumping they have a bunch of like free falling they have a bunch of like roller coasters. it's like a really it's like an adult um park so i go bungee jumping right and so you have to climb all the way up and then we reach to the uh you reach up and it's just like a they 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 clip you in. This time I will make sure I got a clip thing. I got my my harness on, everything on, and um, so once you there, the guy was like, "All right, well, 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 yeah, jump down there. That's it. You just got to jump." And like I'm like, "What? That's it? Like you don't you're not gonna tell me a story? No, 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 no. Just jump." Said, well, you got two options. or so, well, you either jump or you just go down the stairs. That's it. I mean, there's no other way down. So you're looking down, you're like, oh, should I jump? Should I, jump? I have a video? I'm gonna send it to you. So jump. Well, then finally, I was like, ah, just just do it. Let me just do it. So I just did it. And yeah, it was a it was a great sensation. So yeah. <laughs> I got like a devil. People don't know, but I I do love all doing all the same roller coasters. That I got. Anything that is adrenaline rush, mm-hmm. go for it.
1: Me too, me too. I'm up
0: for it, I'm up for it.
1: <laughs> I'm a little afraid of the heights, but I'd be, I would try it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, uh, what are some tips for people that you want to be more into with self-discovery and self-awareness? What are some things that you have done that work for you, things that we can implement in our life? Not necessarily from a beginner standpoint, from a macro, uh, anything that is self-discovery, self-awareness related that you can give us to shed some light on that.
1: You know, it's it's uh, in this generation, in this decade, whatever, Mm -hmm. social media has been such Mm -hmm. an influence on people and good and bad. Right. Like there's a way that we spread our podcasts and our veganism and everything. But I think it also sets up people for, quote unquote, failure. I think it sets Mm -hmm. up people with artificial standards. Um, especially when you have teenagers, young girls, I remember how impressionable I was, you know, at 14, 15. I mean, I still am now just maybe not quite as bad, but I'll catch myself even now looking through Instagram and I'm like, God, that girl's body is perfect. Like (laughs) if I only, you know, was a little bit skinnier or, or, or a little, this little, that whatever. And I'm like, okay, stop. Like you can appreciate that. She's pretty, but like, don't compare yourself. Like we're all different. Right. Um, that, I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like being 15, having Instagram now. Like, it's crazy. Um, And and a lot of times, too, I think people, men and women, we compare our insides with other people's outsides and vice Mm -hmm. versa. Right. So, like, I'm feeling crappy today and this girl looks really hot oh, now I feel like crap. Well, you don't know what she feels like. You don't yeah. know what her story is. Everybody looks good on Instagram. You know, it's easy to have filters or Photoshop or whatever you want to do right. um, or smile. You know, that could be fake too, you know, but but we don't know how people are really feeling. So I think like one of the biggest things that I think I've learned through a lot of this process, not relating to veganism, but just through all the things that I've been through in my life is just yeah. just be you, you know? And I know that's so cliche and so many people say that, but it's like, don't try to be, whatever person with 500,000 followers and this waist size and this bus size and all this stuff, like just be you, you are attractive. You are, you ha- you do have something to offer. Just do it in your way. Like don't copy someone else. And I'd say one thing that I, I definitely am not very good at, but it's something that I'm improving now on is something like meditation. Like mm. even if it just means sitting quietly for five minutes every morning before you get ready or you know, turning off the TV when you get home for five minutes. Like, I I think one of the another words we hear uh, thrown around a lot is like conscious eating, right? Like, and even if you're already eating vegan, I noticed this was something that I I would do too is like, oh, well, I only have 10 minutes to eat. Ah, you know, just shove everything in my face so I could get out the door. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, no, 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 let's, let's pay attention. Let's actually taste the flavors in the food. Let's be mindful, right? I think mindfulness is another big catchy phrase right now, but really like what does that mean? Like appreciating where did this food come from? How long did a farmer, how long ago did he plant the seeds for, you know, this tomato? And then that tomato got transferred to either a supermarket or a farmer's market or whatever. And then now it's on your plate. Like there, there was a lot of work and and sweat and tears that went into that plant that made your tomato. Right. So let's not just throw it away and and not taste it or, you know, whatever. And so I, that's something I think I've learned a lot more of now is like not just taking things for granted whether it's food a home you know relationship animals you know whatever any of those things are is just really being mindful and and appreciating everything that we have because we only have one shot in this world so
0: <laughs> that's beautiful you know all maybe me Happy. cry daniel <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> very little that i let my walls down <laughs>
0: But one thing is, um, I recently started changing my morning routines, right? And it comes down to what you're saying. And um, a friend of mine always used to tell me, like, Roger, you need to start meditating because I've never been an anxious person. Or I've also been very calm on Colette. But believe it or not, and I'm going to be honest about this, like my body, when I'm going through like a lot of stress, a lot of tension, my body's reacts like something my body tells me like, like I can tell based on my body's reaction, either I get uh, some kind of pimple or something happens yes. in my body. My body says, like, dude, you got to chill out basically because yeah. right, now, you, right now you're going through a lot of stress, especially if it's a financial issue or something mm-hmm. is related to those lines. My body reacts right away. So I was like, well, is that the case, maybe I need to take some supplements. So my first reaction was, okay, what do I need to take? Uh, to be able to feel to, to to cure that or whatever or to yeah. kind of disguise that but that's not that 's not attacking the issue from the root that 's not the root cause no. so so meditation has been so helpful for me right now so I added that to my morning routine uh wake up um i am not it's 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 funny because even though uh, I use social media as a platform to pro to kind of showcase um the podcast and and my fitness journey and all that I stay away from social media uh, for a period of time. Uh, mostly I only use it when I'm posting or when I'm doing yeah. something like that. And the same way with TV, I try to stay away from, from those things. And, and I'm not saying this because I'm telling you all to do it. That This needs to be done. This is what I'm saying that I do as far as myself that has worked for me. And the one thing that I implemented was meditation. So wake yeah. up in the morning, I still do my meditation and I start my day with a with a clear mindset. My mind is clear. I feel better. Uh, of course, I, I work on eating a more whole food plant based, uh, and that's another change that I made on my diet because hey, i was bigger for the animals, so I can eat whatever. I can eat twenty orders if I wanted to, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I get that.
0: Um, so pe- speaking of that, um. This is probably my last question. Speaking of that, do you think that from a vegan standpoint, and this is talking to vegans now, there are ethical vegans, you know, they're, they're all about animal rights and, and all about uh, having a better planet as well, but their health is not a major aspect of that. So now we have the, the flip side, right? We have the, the ones that only eat plant because they want to take care of their health and don't care about the animals, but are the ones that only focus on the animal aspect, but they don't focus on their health. So, what message would he give those actually too? Ah,
1: mm. uh, that's a question I hardly ever hear being asked <laughs> to anyone. I know it's a really good question though, because I, I I think we're probably on the same page with the answer here. But right. I, you know, okay, I'll preface this with: it's your body, it's your choice, right? right. <laughs> Especially if you're not harming animals. If you're eating vegan junk food all day, what does that have anything to do with me, right? Like you are you do you. <laughs> 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 then there's the other side though, that says, well, cause I have a few friends that are severely overweight that are vegan, that have been mm-hmm. vegan for a while. And I would never say this to them because I don't know of a nice way to say it, but it's, it's, um, it's sending a bad message. I think is the best way to put it that if you like, that's great. You're saving animals, but like you still have you're still obese. You still probably have heart disease. You still maybe not high cholesterol because depending on right. what you're eating, but like Great. who knows, right? But but you're obviously physically unhealthy. And anybody who's over a certain percentage of body fat, regardless right. of what your diet is, you're you're suffering on the inside. Your body is paying the price for that. Great. And it's hard for me. Like I remember, I kind of had to learn a little bit of compassion and understanding in this situation. I had done anonymous for the voiceless one time a couple years ago, and. I was um, there with a friend who's very overweight. And I just remember thinking like, gosh, we're, we're standing out here speaking to people and we're trying to encourage them. We're trying to be these like little beacons of hope, right? Like these, these idols, so to speak of veganism to get people to, to jump on board. But if someone looks at you and says, well, I don't want to look like that. You mm-hmm. know why? Or it's the same with people that are too skinny. Like, and I mean it in, in an unhealthy way, like not cutting for a competition, but like you're just skinny <laughs> because you're you just skinny. You, maybe you're raw vegan. Maybe, you know, maybe it's just your genetics. I don't know. But when you're so thin, you fit that stereotype of like, see all vegans are malnourished and skinny. And I know not everybody can build muscle as easy as maybe you and I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like if you have the opportunity to at least get into a more normal range, you know, if you're super overweight, get down a little bit, because right. not only do we want you here to keep speaking about the animals, but we also want you to look like something someone wants to be. People people tend to follow what they, you know, with their eyes more than their ears. Right. Yeah. So it's like they, they see something and they're like, oh, no, you know, they won't even hear what you have to say. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. They'll pay more attention to. The good-looking, good-looking Roger and beautiful Danielle, then, then if, you know, whatever the case is, it shouldn't be that way, but that's a yeah. reality, That like you said, people, and it's the same way with food, I mean, if your food looks appealing, it will, it will resonate more to people than yeah. if you have an ugly-looking food, for example, and, I mean, <laughs> that doesn't take away the flavor, but, um, but that's that's what people see cuz i like the vision visual part is what that's why we got instagram because it's visual that's why we got video yeah. because it's visual everything that is visual creates more attraction more it kind of catches people's eye that's why youtube is doing great because it's all visual it's, again that's people it's just what caught people's attention right away so i then, like yeah. that
1: you- that because it just made me think i also get irritated when people post photos of like vegan food and it looks terrible horrible like oh you guys like at least put some better lighting like this looks like something that people think we eat you know
0: exactly exactly yeah yeah absolutely it's not it's not helping the cause not at all but i I, just
1: just don't take a picture
0: (laughs) yeah i totally agree with you actually for me um when when i started and, and i'm not saying that like you said, I agree with you in the sense that all type of activities are important. And it's we want you to take care of your health, uh, regardless if, if you don't have to be a, a bodybuilder or a bikini competitor, but just take care of your health because the better your health is, uh, individually we also make a bigger impact and then like you said we want you here so we can so we can all be healthy and, and, and take advantage of the lifestyle. especially like veganism gives give you so many benefit right and then you can have a healthy life uh without having to do much i mean how many mm-hmm. people lose weight which by just cutting like meat and some other and dairy especially dairy, dairy. yeah
1: yeah yeah that's huge. that's huge i know it's yeah. Like, I think if people like sometimes I get people say, well, if I if I had to cut out one thing, what would you recommend? Of well, right. course, I'd love for you to cut them all out. But dairy, I mean, that's that's my number one. Like, you know, not only because of the cruelty in the industry, but how inflammatory it is in your body. And and most people can't even digest dairy anyway. So that's it's right. like, just get rid of that. And then we'll work on the other stuff
0: later. <laughs> you know, my mom told me that when I was a baby, uh, they, they couldn't give me cow milk. Because I was allergic to come and like, duh.
1: (laughs) My mom told me the same story. And when I was a kid growing up, we used to drink rice milk because I was allergic to milk. I'm like, well, yeah, now I'm realizing. I'm like, hey, mom, you know, I was allergic because I'm not a cow, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I told my mom, like, I was born to be vegan, guess what? (laughs) Yeah, right. Hey Zania, So any future projects, um, if not, then you just blow your podcast, your social media work. And we follow you. If they're not following you, then they're going to absolutely follow you now.
1: <laughs> so. Thank you so much, Roger. Um, so Instagram vegan underscore Danielle. If you go to my website, vegan, danielle.com, it has all those links. There's also, um, links to the podcast that are on there as well. It's pretty simple. It's just vegan, danielle podcast. I kept it all the same. Um, and, uh, Gosh, I guess that's it. Technically I'm on Facebook, but I don't ever go on Facebook. So (laughs) it doesn't really matter. But I, as far as like upcoming projects, I think you and I were talking a little off air and I, um, I really enjoy writing and I, I've had kind of a, crazy story and so i did start writing a book i I haven't actually picked it up in a little bit but that that is a goal of mine is to finish that so i gotta start that up again and um definitely be letting everyone know once it's out because i think people are gonna be a little shocked but um (laughs) yeah aside from that i mean the podcast is probably the biggest thing i have going on um you know outside of my regular job so awesome
0: thank you so much Danielle. thank you you've been great
1: Gracias por escuchar Latino y Vegano, vegano. un show donde se habla todo lo relacionado sobre el veganismo entre la comunidad latina. No olviden suscribirse a este podcast, seguirnos en Instagram, Facebook, YouTube y a visitarnos en latinoyvegano.com